You're listening to the Busy Business Women podcast, episode 56. And today we're talking to Natasha Stewart, a strategic powerhouse and mother of four at the helm of the hugely successful Business Jump. And we're going to be diving deep today on all things business and mental health. So buckle up because this is going to be a goodie. Hi, I'm Faye Hollands and I've been helping time-strapped women in business improve their productivity and profit for well over a decade now. And in this podcast, I want to share with you the highs and lows of growing a successful business so that you can avoid the pitfalls, fast-track your progress and build a business that booms faster. This is the Busy Business Women podcast. Hi ladies, Faye Hollands here and thank you so much for joining me and tuning into another fabulous episode of the Busy Business Women podcast. Now I've always got awesome guests on the show and this lady in front of you if you're watching the video is no exception. I'm very lucky to be talking to the fabulous Natasha Stewart from Business Jump today and Business Jump is an online business that provides a platform for mothers to jumpstart their dreams of running a profitable business from home. Now while the perks of running an online business are often romanticized. Oh yes, they certainly are. The dream can turn into a nightmare and does for many. And with a collective tribe of over 40,000 mothers and business owners, Nat steers the business jump ship to help ensure more women avoid the common pitfalls on that biz building journey. She regularly bears all in a non-naked way with her community, sharing stories of not just her learnings in business, but the real and raw events that have shaped who she is today, such as an unlawful firing, postnatal depression, two miscarriages, a twin pregnancy, and weeds within it, how she mindfully fell down and put herself back together again throughout it all. Most recently, with the birth of her twins, Nat continues to generously document her rich and colourful life for the benefit of her business jump and remarkable business mums community. I am super stoked without further ado to welcome Natasha Stewart from Business Jump onto the podcast. Hello. Hi. Oh my God. How good was that intro? That was amazing. I love it. And you you are so colourful. Like I feel like I've been a bit of a stalker. So listeners, Nat and I got to speak for the first time yesterday when I did a little bit of a productivity thing for her community. And I was a little bit starstruck because you gave me a lovely rap in the introduction, but I feel like I've been watching you in a non-stalkery way for a very long time. And I feel like I really know you because you do share so much of your life with your community and particularly in the Remarkable Business Mums Facebook group. So listeners, go check it out if you're not already a member. So I'm really looking forward to just having this chat with you and finding out so much more about you today. So I'm stoked you said yes and yeah. came on. Welcome. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honoured to be here. Absolute pleasure. I'm really looking forward to the topics and the kind of theme of today. So let's get stuck in. Now, when I did a bit of my stalking in preparation for my questions today, I had a look on LinkedIn and I noticed that you have run a few different businesses over the last kind of 13 years of being a business owner. How did you end up being your own boss and how has that evolved over the years to where we see you now running Business Jump? Yeah. Oh my gosh. That LinkedIn profile is so old, you know, like the one social media platform or not even, but you know, the one platform that you don't go to. And then when you said that, I was like, Oh God, what does that say? (laughs) I've had the same feeling. Don't worry. You're not alone at all. So I think if I did the maths, which please don't ask me to do today because I'm super sleep deprived and my brain does not think quickly. Mm. Um, But I actually think it's been about 16 years since I first registered my ABA and 
said to myself, I want to give this business thing a try. Mm -hmm. So within that time, I've also worked full-time, part-time, been on maternity leave, had four kids. But where it really became very real and a serious thing for me was probably about 10 years ago now, which was when I was fired from my full-time job. I had my businesses on the side, but I was working full-time. It was a year after I'd had my first daughter. And um, I was um, very um, unaware that I was about to be fired. I had never had any warnings um, or any sort of word about it. I can only put it down to that I was a mom and I was sort of like in that mom thing of managing daycare and the job and everything. Mm. And after I was fired, um, that to me was my T intersection where I just decided, you know what, I've always wanted to do this business thing. I've never been brave enough to go all in. I've been fired. We can't afford it. I don't know how I'm going to make it work, but I'm sick to death of working a nine to five. And I know I'm so out of an alignment within my life. And I just went for it. And the rest is history. And here we are today. And you know what? There'll be so many of our listeners nodding and that will resonate with so many of them that, you know, just really wanting to escape that kind of nine to five corporate life. have no idea what they're going to do next, but know that a change needs to happen. And there will be people listening to this that are in that position right now as well. So I think, you know, I was there as well, corporate life, doing a job that I didn't like and just knew that I needed to make a big change. And if it didn't happen now, it might never happen. So here we both are. And how nice is that? Like a decade cater many years plus that yeah. we're both having this conversation so that's exciting absolutely and when I speak to women that are in business or thinking about jumping into business I find that that's the common denominator they generally will all say um, but in different variations that they'd wanted to start a business for ages and I like to think of that as we have a bit of a calling sometimes yeah. it's a whisper sometimes it's really loud and a lot of the time we also ignore it because sometimes jumping into a business is scary or we need to make big changes and what I find that is very common is if we don't listen to it, which, you know, it could be our intuition or a gut feeling or, you know, whatever. Um, if we don't, if we don't follow it, then a lot of the time something really bad will happen to force us into that situation. So for me, it was I got fired. Some other women get made redundant on their maternity leave. Um, you know, sometimes there's a big change that happens in our life. And a lot of the time we can view that as a really bad thing, but actually I like to, see it as a blessing in disguise like being fired was the best thing that ever happened to me now completely I mean I was made redundant in London and that's what brought me over as a backpacker and you know different situations but uh, that redundancy was just such a blessing because it changed the shape of my life completely what I love also is my first business was focused on career change so there's a lot of parallels with what we're talking and lots of people will come to me in their corporate wanting to change jobs and just knowing they needed to make a change. And it was great if they came to me kind of months or a year out from that time, yeah. knowing that they want to make a change and they're doing it ahead of time. Yeah. But so many people, as you've obviously experienced, I'm sure many times, are coming to you at the point where I need to make that change now. Yeah. And of course, that's still doable. And like you say, that life-changing moment suddenly we find ourselves taking that path that we'd always wanted to. But it's so much better if you can think in advance, right? Yeah. And not do it as a knee-jerk reaction. 
Absolutely. Easing your way into business over a time span of like that is perfect. It sort of takes all the pressure off. You can do it in your own time. Mm -hmm. You can lead in with learning and educating yourself and following your curiosity rather than having your back up against the wall, feeling like you need to make this work and feeling like you need to make money yesterday, which for some people that can be amazing. Sometimes when we are put into those situations, we have to make it work no matter what. And that has value in it as well. But a lot of the time, especially with, um, people I deal with we're mums we're busy we've got a lot on our plate sometimes the slowly slowly way is also just you know an incredible way to start to start out in business too and it takes the pressure off and you've seen it with hundreds of women in both situations I'm sure so let's talk about challenging times right that leads us nicely into my next question you know we've been in business roughly give or take a few years the same amount of time i know without a doubt you know i've experienced a fair few hurdles during that time i'm sure that you have what are some of the biggest challenges that you face and i'd love to know how you've overcome those oh my god Faye, where do i even (laughs) we could dedicate the whole podcast to this bit allow me to get my book out and go through (laughs) Um, but where, like to try and give you the the most valuable insights. I mean, I, I challenges are a hundred percent a part of business. Mm. Um, the road is not a straight line, and I feel like that is definitely one of the first things to get our mind around. Is it's we're always going to have challenges. Um, one very big one for me, a massive one, was definitely um the growth of business jump. So business jump grew incredibly fast, very, very quickly, um, especially for the first 18 months, it hit a million in about 18 months. Um, and it, it, it was hard to, to manage that. I mean, it was, it was amazing that I had that type of growth, um, which, you know, I'm always super mindful to say it was on the back of uh, like maybe 10 or, you know, if you count all the time that I've been in business, um, so it was a long time coming, but um, grew very, very fast. And um, when you grow fast, sometimes it tests the systems that you have in place. And so I was having to think very quickly on my feet and manage a lot of things and also get very, very familiar in front of or comfortable in front of a lot of people. And that triggered a lot of inner work that I needed to do. So growing very fast was a blessing, but it was also hard and a very big challenge. Um, And it took me a little while just to really get everything working like a well-oiled machine because within that I was dealing with a lot of people as well and having to hire and learning how to lead a team and all of that. So that was definitely a big challenge. Um, One of the next biggest challenges, just quickly I would say, is managing my mindset through the entire business journey in like it overshadows any of the other challenges that can be categorized under it is learning about myself and learning about my inner shadows and things I get triggered by and my doubts and my confidence um I always say that business is just as much a personal development journey as it is a business journey and that has been a massive challenge for me to learn and evolve along with my business Yeah, like, you know, we so often focus on kind of sales and marketing tactics and the kind of logistical parts of building a business. But if you haven't got your head in the right space, it can make all of those things feel almost impossible. And I I think that that often can be confronting for people when they're starting or running a business or scaling a business like you were, you know, the 18 months in, because they're not necessarily expecting that to be the challenge. They may be expecting the team leadership, the management, the 
the, the logistical side of their business, but suddenly it throws up all of this other stuff, which is a mental challenge. Yeah. And I see it happen a lot in my clients and God knows I've seen it happen in myself as well. Yeah. Sure. Uh-huh. And I imagine you at the, that kind of 18 month mark, almost having like all of these juggling balls being thrown at you. I kind of see this picture now of all these balls coming at you. And because things have moved so quickly, like you rapidly trying to you know, catch them all and, and some are going to fall and some yeah. aren't. Yeah. Uh, and I love that you've brought that up because I think that a lot of people think that as their business is growing, then it just gets easier and easier, but there are just different challenges at each stage of growth. Yeah. So as you're scaling, it doesn't mean that suddenly everything's smooth sailing. That can throw up a whole load of things that you've never dealt with ever before. A hundred percent. And I would also say one of the challenges that um, fits in and categorizes with that is actually learning about my working style and my personality style. So for example, sometimes what I find is people are very good at thinking in advance. They're the type of people that will book a holiday in advance. They'll know what the weather's doing. They'll know what they're wearing. They'll know what they're eating. I'm the type of person where it's one o'clock today as we're doing this podcast and I don't even know what we're having for dinner yet tonight. I can't work that out until about three o'clock in the afternoon until until I start to feel hungry. I'm a very much in the person, um, in the moment person where I need to create when I'm in it. So I can see that the growth of my business was sort of underpinning one of my weaknesses which and also a strength at the same time but and I'm not even entirely convinced that you can properly do this anyway like down to a tee with having no fallout but I was having to work very quickly in the moment I didn't I couldn't pre-plan for the things that were going to go wrong that they were going to go wrong, if that makes sense. So one of the biggest challenges is actually, and I used to really beat myself up about that for not being a planner or, you know, not having like these documents with all of this stuff listed out. Like I've got enough, but I've learned there are particular types of people and a big challenge for me was actually accepting that and knowing that I work really intuitively and knowing that I don't have to have everything planned. And yes, sometimes there'll be some movement and sometimes I'll drop things, but overall that's how I work best. Um, So yeah, that's another big challenge. I'm laughing to myself because I'm the polar opposite of you. So I'm a massive planner. Like, you know, you've seen the podcast questions that I've sent through and like I just come across this complete nerd of over-preparing. But I'm kind of in awe of, you know, whilst, yes, there's upsides and downsides to both of our personalities, I love that you have the ability to be more in that moment. And so for me, sometimes when I'm not as planned or prepared as I want to be or I am and things go out of plan, then that causes me stress and anxiety. So there's definitely upsides and downsides to both, right? A hundred percent. And I don't think there's either, there's not a wrong or a right. Sometimes if you spend enough time on the internet, what I've noticed is the internet loves to tell you if you don't plan to, what's that saying? Yeah, if you don't don't plan to, if you don't fail to plan, you plan to fail. Oh my God, I've said that a million times in my life and now I can't even remember what it is. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that, and I used to feel really shamed by that. Like, oh, I'm doing it wrong. Oh, I'm not that good because I can't plan that. And again, this was a mindset thing, which feeds into the mindset challenge. But I just learned over time that I work best intuitively. I, and, and so it's not that there's a right or wrong. It's just we're all different. We all work different ways. And now I really sort of honor that. Um, and I don't carry any, oh, I should be doing this or I should be doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also teach a lot of my clients that like, 
you know, if they're a planner, that's absolutely fine. We'll work within that. Um, But I don't try and push them into working a certain way. It's more about working within your actual strengths and your zone of genius. And either way is fine. Definitely. And I reckon just taking that a whole nother step further from a leadership point of view and building a team, if you can have a mixture of those people, how nicely that would work. Yeah. Yeah. Well, luckily, um, all my team um, are basically very good planners. They're very good with details. They're good with analytics, analytics. So they cover um, all of my weaknesses um, because yeah, that's what I really need. Great. Perfect combination. All right. So you've helped hundreds of mums figure out what type of online business they want to run and how to make that happen. What are some of the biggest mistakes you see women make when it comes to creating a commercially successful business? And I say commercially successful because there are lots of hobby businesses out there and this is no disrespect to them, but I think that it's very different to run a business that is commercially successful. It's paying your mortgage, it's paying your bills, it's building a lifestyle that you want to live. Uh, what are the biggest mistakes you see people make? Uh, I think definitely tracking back to the mindset and the fear and mm-hmm. playing small. So again, in a business, we need to shed so much in order to really stand in our power and grow our business. So I see a lot of women and myself included, because I have my own, you know, stuff that I still need to work with, but we play small, like we're, I say we, but Um, when I first started, for example, I was very scared to put myself out there online. I didn't use photos of me. I didn't do videos. Um, I, yeah, I played small, but as time went on, I got more and more comfortable with it. But I see so many people holding back on, um, putting themselves out there or reaching out to someone to collaborate because they're stuck in that fear of I'm not good enough or they would want to do something with me. So I think, yeah, one of the biggest challenges is learning how to really step into our power and sort of own our value and own what we have and then using that to move forward. I feel that way too many people stay stuck in that fear zone and don't um, take calculated risks or chances or don't put themselves out there because they're living sort of with that monkey chatter in their mind. Oh, the monkey chatter. Yeah, I've had a few conversations this week about showing up, which is really what you're talking about. And, and you know, you do that so beautifully, which we'll come on to that in a moment. But I do think that a lot of people are playing small and it can come from a confidence thing. It, you know, it can take time to get to that place. But how exciting would it be if everybody just started showing up in their zone of genius more? I think that, you know, so much opportunity. A hundred percent. But like, here's the thing as well that I find really fascinating is you don't have to go like all out straight away. Um, I didn't do Facebook lives literally until three months ago. And I've been in business jump for four years now. I really stayed in my comfort zone. I love writing. I love the photo side of it. I love posting remarkables, but, um, I just, I got to the point where I was like, okay, that, that bridge for me now to do something, because I'm an introvert, so I don't like, you know, necessarily, um, Facebook lives, I just never liked, but I just finally got to the point where I was like, okay, I can do this now. And I think that to, to go into business feeling like, oh, I have to do lives and I have to do this. And you're like, you don't have to, you do, you progress and you grow with your business and you take on, you push yourself a little bit, but you also grow comfortably within your business. Um, and I really feel like that's how you get from A to B is just small pieces at a time and you'll lead up to the bigger things. 
I think that beautifully takes the pressure off of people, you know, just listening to it. It's very calming for, I know I've got quite a few clients who really don't want to do Facebook lives, don't want to do videos. And, you know, we are, I am encouraging them to do them, but I love what you're saying because it really takes the pressure of having to do it now. Yeah. Like ease your way into it. It may be part of your strategy, but don't put so much pressure on that you just crumble because you don't want to do all these things. Your business should be designed in a way that you want to run it and not the opposite because otherwise you might just go, might as well go back and work for someone else. A hundred percent. I'm so on board with that. And you can even modify how you do it as well. So when I started doing the Facebook Lives, I deliberately chose them just to do them on my Facebook page because it gets less engagement and interaction than my Facebook group. My yeah. group is where I feel very responsible. Um, I feel like that's, you know, my most precious part of my business. And sort of in my mind, I was like, well, I don't want to, if I stuff up this live, I don't want to do it in front of where all my people are. So yeah. even the guests that I had on, they were just people that I was very comfortable with. I said to them, I'm not going in this to do it as a big, massive thing. I'm just doing it as a testing phase to see if I like doing it. I might not like doing it. I might not like doing it. And then I just won't do it, but at least I've tried. And yeah. now I'm very comfortable to do that live in my Facebook group or, you know, to take it out onto a bigger scale. And that's when I started reaching out to people more like you and other people that I admire and like within business but it was only once I inched my way in and got comfortable whereas if I just started doing a live with you know people like you or you know people that I respected that would have put a lot more pressure on me and I would have felt a lot more worried about oh I have to get it right but I just started really small and built my way up. I'm so glad you had that mindset shift because you're on, like genuinely awesome on camera. It's lovely watching your lives. And I think what you've just said has given a hope to a lot of people that are worried and thinking that, you know, how could you possibly have felt like that uh, with a, such a big community and coming across so confidently, actually you're just like them. And if oh. you can do it in that position, so can they. So thank you. I think that would have inspired a lot of our listeners. Okay. So let's talk about mental health. Cause I'm really keen. Like I think I, I kind of, tossed and turned between whether to just talk about mental health for the entire podcast. Uh, but I wanted to really delve into your business life and how you're helping people. But this is a topic that you're very passionate about, very open about. So I love that you have always been so open and honest and really happy to share when it comes to your own challenges with mental health. And I'd say more so than anyone else I know or follow. I can't think of anyone who I feel like I know so well from a mental health perspective. And just to add on this, we're up to 50 plus episodes on the podcast. And so many of these podcasts, we've had conversations about mental health. So I love that we're able to have these conversations and bring, you know, a, a chat, a, an area with so much stigma attached into the yeah. open and yeah. you're doing that so brilliantly. Can you tell us a, a bit about your journey with managing some very difficult mental health challenges with juggling kids and business? Because I think again, you will inspire others that are going down the same path that actually it's doable and, and this is what life can look like. Yeah, for sure. So I would say my first real encounter with depression or PND, I mean, I, well, actually, if I backtrack to when I was 21, I had a melanoma and I had a very scary cancer scare. Mm. And I really feel that that probably planted the seed for some anxiety. Um, I realized that 
um, you know, like things can happen to me. It sort of took that, you know, you're 21, you don't really think anything would ever happen to you and everything flipped very fast for me and all of a sudden I was having operations to find out whether the cancer had spread into my body, um, having all of the tests, dealing with doctors and everything. And um, I think that was probably where, like, some of the first um, noticeable anxiety seeds were planted. And then I had my daughter when I was 26 and some of that anxiety came out. All of a sudden you have this new little baby to look after. Um, of course, like being a first time mum, they're super precious. You want to do everything right. Um, that actually sparked one of the ideas for one of my businesses, which was organic cotton baby clothes because I became, my anxiety sort of became very aware about all of the toxic chemicals that are in our clothes and all that type of stuff um but really where it came to a very big head was when my son was born he's seven now and he was just a really unhappy uncomfortable very high maintenance baby um in hindsight he had intolerances he has eczema he has asthma he basically is just my hard baby mm. and he didn't sleep until over he was two, until he was over two so when he was about for months um, off the back of just a very draining time uh, and I started to not feel I, I started to feel a difference between just being tired and oh what is this feeling and what is happening here um, and it was at his six months um, immunizations that the nurse sort of I guess she must have detected it um, or thought about it. So she sent me to the doctor, rated very highly on the Edinburgh scale of depression um, test. And over the next sort of six months to a year, just really, this was a very, to me, a very, in my opinion now with hindsight, a very classic case of PND, sleep deprivation, a hard baby, burned out, tired, mm. um, fell into a bit of a depression, um, but managed to navigate my way out of it with Zoloft, um, exercise and mindfulness and use that experience to go on and create business jump and really align a business with something that was super important to me which was not selling my soul and losing all my sleep again for yeah. a business um, so it gave me a beautiful gift so sort of like living life happily um, have a 10 year old and a seven year old or a nine-year-old and a six-year-old at a time and very un and sort of think that we're done with having kids um and unexpectedly fall pregnant um in 2000 and see this where i'm bad with dates um recently because i remember seeing the video of you yeah. showing your husband and the kids the scan yeah. Yeah. yeah um so not that long ago and um, ended up having a miscarriage and realizing actually, oh, I really do want a third. My husband said no, he was very not so into it. So I convinced him and ended up getting pregnant um, with triplets. And then that really was the start of a, oh my God, and my mind just started to explode mm. um, off the back of the miscarriage and everything. And I really had to be incredibly mindful to manage this situation because I knew that I was at risk of um, relapsing. And my whole pregnancy went, and then so I, we lost a triplet at um, eight weeks pregnant. So my whole 
twin pregnancy was very much centered around self-care, appointments with a psychologist, my naturopath, really managing my mindset and my health as best I could. But, um, and that went great up until the babies were eight weeks old. And then at eight weeks, I just felt, it was almost like day and night for me. Um, the anxiety really set in really like the most extreme anxiety I've ever had. Um, and this fear and just this feeling of not being right. And it um, escalated over the next four months um, to the point where it brought on depression because I was so mentally exhausted. And at the end of that four months, I found myself in hospital because I my mind had started to have some really dark thoughts. Um, so yeah, that's it in a nutshell. Um, I don't feel, I know there's a stigma attached to it, but I had tests that showed that my brain was not making enough serotonin. So for me, that is just like my bones are not making enough calcium. Like there's no shame in that for me. Um, and I just think as a mother, we are so commonly exposed to so many triggers that can induce mental health challenges for me i really feel that the underlying cause is a thyroid issue um which is an entire other story along with itself plus burnout and life and stuff like that but that yeah that's it in a nutshell i love that you're so honest and open about that journey because i know a lot of people will be listening now and feeling probably quite flawed by that story and how have you come out of it the other side um, and how do you continue to run a business and let's just be clear on the size of your business I mean you've got as we said you know a collective community of 40,000 you help a lot of people this isn't just a little side gig that you can kind of put down when things get tough so that's a lot of juggling balls now you talked about the word stigma there there's a lot of stigma when it comes to mental health. And I've seen people ask you in, in Facebook groups why you share so much to so many. And we both know that you're going to get judged and that some people are not going to be able to handle the level of detail that you divulge or they're going to judge you very differently after that. From a business point of view, why do you do that? And I'm guessing it works for you, but I'm just wondering if there's ever been a time that it hasn't and you've questioned that openness and vulnerability. Yeah, I've definitely questioned it. But I mean, the reason why I do it is just really simple is it makes me feel good. It good. only takes one person to reply and say, thank you, I needed that today. Or, you know, that helped me in some way. And that's enough for me. Um, I don't care whether anyone doesn't like it. I, I, I don't care if people want to judge me because the good of it so much outweighs any bad. Um, I haven't noticed, I mean, business had like, of course I have my ups and downs, but I can't really associate any of those downs to sharing about mental health. In fact, I've had far more positive comments um, and people coming to me wanting to work with me because they've told me they've read about my story. Yeah. Um, so I feel like it definitely is an advantage, but I only do it first and foremost because I like it. It makes me feel yeah. good. I like sharing. I'm really passionate about mental health and I really value connecting with people um, and helping and serving. It makes me feel good as I go to bed. If um, And it's just a lucky byproduct that it, it does do well for business because of course, it creates engagement, it creates, creates reach, it creates word of mouth, but I don't do it 
for a strategy point of view. I do it just because I have a platform and I like to use it for the greater good as well. Yeah. And I think that's really clear. You know, there's so much talk about authenticity and I kind of really over that word now. I know my listeners would have heard me talk about Steve Sims talking about being ugly and it's really, you know, don't worry about the shiny whistly stuff, but just what's the ugly, real and raw you. And I think that you bring that out so often, but you can tell that it's truthful and it's not in a way that's just looking for more likes or comments. Yeah. And I, I completely agree with you. The reason I asked that question about um, people judging you is that I know I have a lot of clients and people in my community that are worried about being vulnerable, worried about really showing up and being the true them. So they've still got this kind of tint on what they post and how they look. Mm. And I know you do the opposite so well. I want people to realize that they can be really themselves and actually that will uh, attract clients as opposed to repel them. The other key thing here is that if people don't like what you're divulging, they're not your people either, right? You want people in there that you can have that conversation with. Yeah. If someone wants to shame me for mental health, then I don't want them as a client anyway. Um, But I do think that there's a little bit of a, I'm not sure what the the right word is. I don't want to use strategy or tactic, but when I do write, I do try, I always start it with a, that was then, and this Mm. is now. And I sort of feel that like, if I always did a, if, if, if I was always writing it, like I don't write it in that, oh my God, you know, I'm struggling today and I can't do anything or blah, blah, blah. Um, I, I, I try not to write it from that. I try to write it from this is how I was feeling and I was really struggling, but this is what I've learned from it and this yeah. is how it's made me stronger. Um, so I do think that there's a little bit of a that was then, this is now format. I don't. I generally tend to write about things just after the fact, once I've made sense of it and once I can see the beauty in it and the gift in it and then I like sharing what I've learned through mm. it. I remember... Um, and I don't know whether I can recall this properly, but I remember years and years ago, um, everyone's very aware of Constance Hall, who is amazing for being so vulnerable. But I always wondered whether she got like a lot of haters because she did too much of the the real in the grit. Like I remember she was talking about how she wasn't changing her kids nappy and she got like a lot of trolls. And I just wondered like whether she had balanced it out a little bit with, yeah, life is hard and here is all the stuff that I do that's really shit. But, you know, here is also a nice balance. Um, I think maybe I, I just wonder whether it went too far one way. And for me, I try to balance it out with, yes, here's all the grit and here's the, the shit of everything. But, I'm, I'm still like normal. I'm still saying I can still yeah. like run a business. So there's a bit of a balance. That's a really good call because as a leader of a big community or any size community for any of our listeners, people don't want to follow you just to hear the worries me, sorry, everything's shit. I'm having a crap day. Like, and it's fine to share some of that stuff, but I love that you've got this formula and I, and I don't know that it, you really necessarily think of it as a formula, but you do bring the positivity out and the learnings rather than just leaving us at, I'm having a really, really tough day. Those posts are okay, but nobody wants to read that all the time. Yeah. Someone who's trying to inspire and motivate people, that's not going to, you know, with the feeling that we want them to have at the end of it. So Mm. I like the call that you've had there. I hadn't thought about that with Constant Hall, but I reckon you're onto something. Yeah. And I mean, like no discredit to her. She's absolutely amazing. It's just Mm. when in those early days when she did get really big and she was getting a lot of, 
trolls. I just sort of like, I like to sort of watch what, what happens. And I just mm. wondered, you know, I wonder if that's because people sort of felt she went too far one way. Um, but she's incredible at what she does and, you yeah. know, credit to her for doing it anyway. Definitely. Um, yeah. yeah. Now let's talk about filling your cup because I loved a post that you put up more recently where you'd taken yourself off to a spa and a hotel for a few nights, I think, to fill your own cup and look after yourself first and foremost. And I know that you're a really big advocate of doing things like that because of the impact that it can have on us both personally and professionally. It's definitely good for your business, right? But this is something that I reckon so many women struggle with, definitely me included. I was inspired by that post to go, I've got a book a hotel I need to just go away on my own how good would that be and I reckon people are struggling with it whether they're a mother or not so why do you think that is and why do you think we need to get better at putting ourselves first yeah I think we're just conditioned by society even growing up and especially in the social media um haze that we're in at the moment it looks like everyone's been the perfect mom everyone has loads of patience everyone's doing an amazing job and I feel like if we say actually my family are driving me mental at the moment and I'm about to throw my laptop out the window and I actually need to get away from them then I feel like whether we do it ourselves or other people actually do it we sort of almost get shamed for that it's like we're not sometimes I feel like we're not allowed to be actual humans with tolerance levels and patience that gets a little bit worn out like kids are really hard like I want to get away from my kids loads because they just nag me all the time (laughs) then I feel like if I were to say that probably anywhere else besides my Facebook group because my Facebook group is like my little comfort zone Mm. I probably get shamed for it so I feel and sometimes we shame ourselves as well like I know I still do that a lot so I feel like maybe it's so hard because we're just worried about the judgment we get from other people and judging ourselves as well I kind of had this guilt about it of, oh, that seems indulgent to take myself off for a few days, spend that money on me when I could spend it on taking the kids away for the weekend or doing something with the family. And as I say that, I know it's wrong, but but it is that conditioning. It's like, well, if I make that money, I should see spending it on all of us, not just me. Yeah. Do you feel like that sometimes? Yeah, I used to feel like that. But probably my first round with PND was what taught me about the oxygen mask first. Mm. Um, And I think especially having four kids now, I mean, I I am very happy to have time to myself. Um, For sure. Like, obviously, you know, I have to put the disclaimer, like, I I love being with them. I love doing them. Mm. I love doing stuff for them. But I also know that I'm actually going to be a way better mum if I've had some, like, my own space. I, I'm the type of person where I'm an introvert. I need quiet time. I need time by myself to recharge. And I know that if I take a day or two or however much time, I'm going to come home and be such a better mum rather than trying to stretch myself out being there and everything to them all day, all night. I just end up going crazy. Um, so I actually see it as I'm helping everyone, not just myself, because it means I can be a better mum. Yeah, I really love that. I went away to the Hunter Valley last weekend and I wrote a blog post about how cheese is good for productivity and wine. But what the premise of it was that I went away with my husband, my bestie and a whole group of friends without the kids for two nights, had a great time, ate and drank way too much, came back. And on Monday, I like Mondays anyway, because I love what I do. But I just had this extra spring in my step because I'd been away from the kids for two nights. Yeah. And I felt awesome. And I genuinely looked forward to coming 
coming back to them on Sunday and felt like yeah. I missed them. Whereas yeah. normally I'm at that point, particularly if my husband's had to work on the weekend, I'm pulling my hair out and I'm over them. Yeah. And I'm okay with saying that. Like I don't feel guilty yeah. about saying that at all. Yeah. So I'm really pleased that you've just basically given us all permission to go and book a spa weekend. Oh, and, for sure. Uh, <laughs> go for it. I'll come with you. <laughs> I hear the word retreat coming on. <laughs> all right. Now, I want to talk about outsourcing to you because I don't reckon there's a, any way that you could do what you do without some really smart outsourcing. Now, yeah. a lot of women I talk to are trying to do it all and they think that they can't outsource or they can't afford to outsource, whether it's in their business or in their personal life. How how did you get on the outsource train and what difference has that made to you both personally and professionally either or yeah oh my god it changed everything so it basically took my business from being a traditional service-based business where I only had so much time in a week which means mm. that I could only earn so much in a week um, and flipped it into more of a hybrid type of service-based business I guess where I was able to scale yeah. um, and this is, again, when I say I, I've, I've built my business very intuitively, I don't remember actually ever having a plan or a very conscious thought that, oh, I must get to this point and then I will outsource. It was just something that I naturally did very early on. Um, and it was all of the work in progress side of it. So when we have a new client, I will liaise with the new client First, and then when they decide to work with us, my team take over, which means that I can stay in the profit producing areas of the business and the sales and the marketing and be the face and make the connections, which is where my strengths are. It's what I love doing. Um, but my team who is more detailed and, you know, they have all of that stuff um, in terms of the skills to really run a job very effectively. Um, that's when they take over. And I just started outsourcing. Um, I was just one team member and then each as the business grew I just kept on hiring so I have five at the moment um, but there's two things that I want to say about that the first thing is I think the key to outsourcing is flipping your mindset to start with because we have this thing in our mind that no one can do a job as well as us or that we can do it faster or you know better or sometimes it's a trust issue you know there's like a lot of limiting beliefs that stop us from doing that and even to this day even though I've done all this outsourcing I still catch myself thinking oh I should just do this because I'll get it done quicker yeah so the first step is really just adjusting our mindset to going you know what like yeah like fair enough they might not do it as well as us because it's our business it's our baby like we have very intimate knowledge but as long as they can do it well enough then we need to let go a little bit and allow them um, to do it and the second thing is just start super small you can hire a, Fili a VA a Philippines VA on Upwork for $10 an hour they can add members to your group or just do something really simple and even though that might only be one hour don't look at it in the value of one hour look at it at the mental energy load it mm. saved you, which is so much bigger. Like the, the, the mental load, that it, that small action is more like the equivalent of someone helping you for five hours. And I yeah. feel like we don't look at the actual saving in energy that people save us, that we just look at it from a, a logical 
point of view, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's so true. Like easing that mental load. I mean, I know that that will be resonating with so many people right now that they've got this heavy weight on them of all of these things that they've got to do. So yes, it might be an hour or two hours. It might be 20, 30, 50, a hundred bucks, doesn't matter. But that mental load, what that what's that worth to you? I think the other thing that you said that was really critical there is it freed you up to do the sales and marketing, to be that front and center of your business, to work in your genius zone and do the things that are best for you. And so often, you know, we talked yesterday about productivity. So often people are working on things that aren't bringing in revenue in their business. They're kind of flapping away with the peripheral tasks. And so they're not making the money that they want and making the progress they want because they're focusing on the wrong things and outsourcing can allow you the space and freedom to do that. Yeah, 100%. I'm always telling my clients, you need to position yourself in the profit-producing areas of your business as fast as possible. And mm -hmm. those things will look a little bit different business to business, but all ultimately along the same lines. Um, but, you know, doing admin and adding, like I, because my um, BA, I need to get a new one at the moment because she had to leave. The members in the requests for my group are banking up. And sometimes before I can get to them, because again, like, I'm too like the mental load of it even just going and trying to hire someone I haven't got there yet so I have been having to do it myself and I mean I keep on thinking to myself now seriously like I just need to get this one thing sorted because this is ten dollars that I can have all these people added to my group they all go into my email funnel they all then get delivered the content I'm losing out here because in my mind I'm still like stuck in that mindset of oh I can just quickly do it myself but it's never quickly every single day I think to myself god I've got to add those members and so it's a it's like a real legit mindset thing that even still I struggle with four years later in business jump I can't tell you how happy I am you just said that because I'm in exactly the same position. It's banking up. I Going back to a point that you made before, complete control freak that I feel like I'm the one that's got to let those people into the yeah. group, check them out, add them to my list. And when you before you said any of that, when you said about you know getting a VA to do something really simple like add people to your list, oh my gosh, imagine if I did that with my group. Yeah. But why am I not doing it? It's the control yeah. freak. It's thinking yeah. somebody's not going to do it as well as me. But yeah. then it has this mental load of knowing mm -hmm. when I get off this podcast, I really need to let them into the group because I'm doing my business a disservice yeah. if they're not in my funnel. Yeah. It's crazy, isn't it? It's so crazy. And this is exactly why I say business is always a self-development journey because we learn so much things about ourselves. I didn't realize I was a control freak until I started my business. <laughs> and I didn't realize that sometimes I actually can be a little bit of a perfectionist, but only in certain areas. And once we've become really aware of that and understand what is holding us back, we can then just go, right, I need to get this thing fixed. Because the minute that I get someone to add those people on um approve them in my group they go straight onto a spreadsheet and then zapier or zapier whatever it is mm -hmm. um zaps them straight into active campaign and they're off and that's the rest of my business automated but i'm the one that is blocking my business right now I love this. It's like confession time from Faye now. <laughs> yeah. So for all of our listeners, I hope that just made you all feel a lot better because we yeah. still stuff up and we're control freaks and we're, you know, uh, keep, there's a block in our business somewhere or another. Yeah. Thank you oh, for being so um, honest. I appreciate that. Now, whilst we're on the topic of productivity, let's talk about my favorite topic. You've got twin babies, four kids in total, a booming business, a husband to manage. I don't even know about pets, but I would imagine that you've got some kind of kick-ass systems in place to make sure that it 
everything is ticking along without too much chaos or stress. So what are some of your kind of go-to hacks, whether they're tips, strategies, apps, anything to stay sane and productive? Um, I think the biggest thing I'm definitely sort of um, saying to myself at the moment is actually it's okay to feel a little bit out of control because yeah, I, I do have twins um, and I do have four kids and I do have a lot going on. And at the moment I'm definitely at my limits and I have a great sort of business foundation and it's pushing mm. me at the moment. So I just want to give, first of all, everyone like permission to know sometimes it's really hard and sometimes we can try and be as super productive as we can but sometimes life happens and we all get pushed however there are definitely certain things that we can do to make that load easier um automating and outsourcing have completely changed the way that my business runs so my business runs about 60 percent without me um, my team manage a large part of it automation it's not complicated stuff it's just really simple stuff email um, client onboarding funnels um, client inquiry funnels um, Facebook ads are, are massive for automating a large part of the the lead generation part of my business I use um, Programs like Asana, Zapier, Active Campaign, um, Calendly, like none, I don't think that it's necessarily like groundbreaking, have to sell along on the black market to find out what <laughs> it is. Um, but it makes such a massive difference just having things in my system sort of like connected so they talk to each other so when a client signs um pays their deposit the whole sequence is automated from the project folders that get added to the system to my team getting notified um to the welcome emails all that's all automated um but i think that taking it back one step further from all of that the biggest thing in terms of productivity is really working within the flow so if i've just lost my shit in the morning the kids have been driving me mental i'm feeling super frustrated overwhelmed in my head i'm counting all the things that i have to do i try to and i'm not always perfect at this either because it's actually really hard but i'll go for a run I will go for a walk around the block. I will meditate for two minutes. I will do anything but sit and work in that mind frame because yeah. if I'm working from a state of feeling really stressed out, it doesn't matter how many tools and resources I have that are helping my business. I am just going to go around in circles and pretty much waste all my time. Yeah. So I really try and focus on getting myself back into the flow, diffusing that stress and overwhelm and then working with a clear head. And then what I find is I will do 10 hours worth of work in two hours when I'm yes. in the right mind frame. Yeah, I can really relate to that because last year, I think most of our listeners know my youngest daughter has autism and she was diagnosed last year, but last year was a nightmare year for us. And I regularly would come back from drop-off anytime between nine and 12 o'clock, so school drop-off, generally in quite a state. It had been like a pretty horrific morning and I needed to be able to get myself out of that headspace. And for many months, I just sit down at my desk and think, you know, buckle up, Faye, you just need to get on with it. And I realized like everything took so much longer because of my headspace. Mm -hmm. So I started meditating and I've never meditated before. And I always thought, oh yeah, it sounds lovely, but I haven't got time for that. <laughs> and then I started going off into a different room, would sit there with a free app. And I started at like five minutes and I got up to 20 minutes, which was, you 
you know, the monkey mind jumping around, that was a whole nother lesson in itself. That could be a whole podcast. Uh, but the difference when I started practicing that and I did it for months would then come back to my desk and I completely agree with you. You need know, to do 10 hours of work in two hours because your brain is in the right place and you're firing on all cylinders. And I reckon that's the best productivity hack you could have shared today because it affects everything else. So I love that you brought that one up. It does. And you know, the funny thing is, is it's actually a real, it sounds super simple. Like I'm sure that people that are listening to this conversation go, okay, great. You know, that sounds simple, but it's actually really hard. Really hard. (laughs) It's incredibly hard when our brain is like trying to pull us to all of these different things. But I can tell you if I sit down and if I try and work in that, I will send stuff out with typos. I will handle the situation the wrong way. Like pretty much guaranteed. I will not do a gooder job or a faster job as if I actually just go and yeah my commitment is just two minutes and sometimes that ends up being an hour run sometimes it literally just means two minutes Um, and it's it's still incredibly hard for me to do because I still wanted to sit there and smash everything out but it's a mindfulness thing Um, and that was something P&D taught me the first time round is to be sort of like clear and intentional um, and to manage my mind and be aware of how I'm feeling and how I'm reacting to things. And it's probably another reason why I talk about mental health is I believe that actually the things in mental health that we can go through can really contribute to our business. Yeah, I mean, there's so many concepts that yeah. you can talk about them from a mental health point of view, but when but they're also more broadly really great business strategies. Completely agree. The other thing I wanted to touch on there where you were talking about all of the different kind of pieces of automation is I think when you hear, say, people like you and I talk about all of that, because I do the same pretty much active campaigns, APR, all the rest of it, is that that can sound very overwhelming to people who are do, aren't doing any of that yet. Mm-hmm. But just to remember that Tash and I have been, Tash, sorry, Nat and I have been in exactly the same place of having none of that in place. And each time it's like a layers of the onions, you know, you're not peeling it up, but you're like you're adding on each layer to get to this point where everything's automated, but it doesn't start yeah. at that point. Yeah, you're 100% right. And sometimes I forget that actually it took me about a good six months to get my head around Active mm-hmm. Campaign when I first yeah. started it. But I went for so long, like 10, 10 years or again, like I'm really bad with time frames, but a very, very long time in business, being completely none the wiser that you could run a business like this in terms of just automating really simple things. So yeah, you're 100% right. When you aren't familiar with it, it does seem really complicated. And then once you become familiar with it, it, it just seems like second nature. Yeah, exactly. And it's so refreshing when you've got all of that automated. I love it. It's great. All right. So I'm really conscious of time. I'm going to let you go and enjoy some more kid-free time whilst you have that special moment. But what I want to know before you leave, and I ask all of my guests is, is there a quote or a mantra that's really inspired you over the years in your business that you can share with us and, and what impact that's had on you? Yeah, Um, I think there's something that I always come back to whenever I'm struggling, whenever business is not going the way I want it to, whenever I'm in a hard situation. And that's just reminding myself that anything can change within a split second. Mm. So I could feel like everything is failing right now. Nothing's going the way that I want it to. Maybe I've just had a massive fight with my husband, basically like the world's ending, all of this stress and everything. And when I'm in that, I just sort of take a deep breath and remind myself I could get the most amazing email just pop into my inbox that has the best news or someone could just ring me with an incredible opportunity or I could have my dream client like 
10 of them just pop into my inbox. And, you know, sometimes that's happened, um, which has made me always remember to myself that when it feels like it's the end of the world, literally a second later, something really amazing could happen. I really like that. It really gives hope, doesn't it? And it's absolutely true. I've had some of the most shocking days and then suddenly that email drops in. You're like, oh, it's all all right now. That one little thing can change everything. I really like that. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's been an absolute pleasure. I literally, honestly, could just stand here and chat for hours. There's so much more I want to ask you. So I'm going to just be stalking you in your fabulous Facebook group and asking away. You'll be sick of me very soon. But listeners, if you would love to get in contact with Natasha and follow the fabulous work that she's doing, all of those details are conveniently located in one place in the show notes, which you can go to by just heading over to busybusinesswomen.biz forward slash podcast 56. You can also find Natasha at businessjumpco.com. Her Facebook page is Business Jump and you absolutely should go and join her Facebook group, which is facebook.com forward slash groups, Remarkable Business Mums. Before I let you go, Nat, is there anything you want to leave us with? No, I think you've done such an amazing job covering everything. I actually have nothing to add. I'm just so honoured and grateful um, that I've had the opportunity to come and chat with you. Well, thank you. Thank you for your openness, your honesty. It's been it's really refreshing and I've absolutely loved interviewing you. So I hope you might come back another time because I reckon oh. there's so much more we could talk about. We could I just have a whole, whole Nat and Faye series, really, <laughs> couldn't we? But anyway, so thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Uh, a very big thank you to Natasha for joining me today. If you enjoyed this episode listeners i would love you to leave us some love and head over to itunes for a review and if you'd like to hang out with me some more i'd like i would like to see you over on facebook and instagram i'm as always at busy business women and you can find lots more biz building goodness over on the website busybusinesswomen.biz so thank you so much for tuning in today i love hanging out with you i really appreciate it i'll be back next week with more inspiration to help you build a business that booms but until then i'm faye hollands you've been listening to fabulous natasha Stewart from Business Jump on the Busy Business Women podcast. Bye-bye.